you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once. I am one of those. to episode 64 of the power five podcast our last episode for a little while and we'll get back to that shortly but this week we'll be ranking our top five 90s rock songs helping me got brant christian and colin mccrispy gentlemen welcome to the pod what up pod father what up up? k-dub doing doing great i like colin mccrispy i like that (laughs) That's a yeah. good name. It's something he would probably order off the dollar menu. For sure. Yeah, I like the name of Crispy too. Well, guys, <laughs> hey, we just mentioned that this is going to be our last episode for a little while. You know, this is episode 64. been grinding for quite some time now, 13, 14 months. And, you know, Brant's expecting a new baby. We've all got some job responsibilities, a busy time in our lives. And we're just going to take a little breather for a little bit. Go to more of a seasonal format when the Power 5 podcast returns, hoping to to return maybe right there in June, at the beginning of June with a a season during the summer, maybe looking at like eight to 15 episodes, somewhere in that range, really being more concentrated and focused on a particular subject, whether it be certain movies or certain eras or certain types of music, but really kind of locking into a a a topic for a season and just moving to that type of format again from anywhere from you know eight episodes to 15 episodes obviously anywhere in between and and just taking breaks after those seasons seasons end you know kevin you know one thing i'll say is i'm glad hearing that announcement that we didn't have to wait for episode 90 to do 90s rock so i'm excited excited to do it right now I think uh, I think as we kind of move into this bit of a break, we we must give a shout out to the Podfather who is who's carried the load for all sixty four of these episodes, editing and that type thing. Take uh, a bow, so, Kevin. So Take we wouldn't bow. be where we're at without without K Love. A shout out also, to also the- maybe maybe a little bit of uh, expectation changing. Maybe shoot for Al Borland in season two, and maybe <laughs> maybe not to- Tim Tolman Taylor till. Season three or four. Maybe so. I think it's a good move, though, just for for everybody. Appreciate all of our listeners. You're probably ready for a little uh, break from the Power 5 podcast either as well. But, hey, we're going to finish on a fun episode, though. We've been kind of teasing out for a long time that we're going to get into the 90s music. I think we all love it. It's something that's near and dear to my heart. I mean, middle school, high school, that's where I was in those mid to late 90s. I got to enjoy every bit of it, all the genres. Really going to be focused and locked in on 90s rock tonight, man. It could go all over the place. I mean, you know, you had some some 
some pretty hardcore metal going in, in, in into the 90s and throughout the 90s. But I think most people associate that 90s rock with that grunge that really got kick-started out in Seattle. Oh, absolutely, man. The grunge, I mean, that's a lot of what you think about. But there's so much. There's there's grunge. There's alternative. There's more pop rock. There's, there's so much good music in the 90s, man. Like, I'll tell you, Colin was texting me before the show. And he was like, does this count? Does this count? I was like, absolutely, man. The possibilities are endless. And there were so many bands that kind of defined not just that decade, but just a generation of rock and that are still bands today carrying that torch. You think of these bands like Weezer, Foo Fighters, and I'd be remiss if we didn't take a moment, fellas, and uh, a moment of silence for Taylor Hawkins, drummer from Foo Fighters, man, recently passed away. So let's do that, listeners, for just a moment. Uh, rest in peace as we, as we speak about the 90s tonight to Taylor Hawkins of Foo Fighters. T's and P's. T's and P's. All right, let's not get wow, too, okay. uh, too emotional. Evan just the that was quickest big. moment of silence, yeah. <laughs> Well, you can extend hey, I, that. I, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what ask, is a moment? I mean, I, is a moment a long, long time? Let me, Kevin, let me ask you guys a question. Let me I'm ask you guys a question. to say what a moment is. So <laughs> I was thinking, I was watching the national championship last night and thinking, are there any boozers in this group or, or like for kids? Like, are, are they going to look at these guys and say these – you know, this is a player like I look at Boozer or Jay Williams or some of these Adia, popular yeah. guys. So so here's what here's the here's the real question. With that in mind, are we overinflating the nineties era because we were kids and like we just sensationalized music? Or is it truly one of the greatest decades of music of all time? Kevin was in college, so he doesn't relate to that statement. <laughs> I'm just wondering if like because you we've done eighties, we've done seventies, like I just wonder. Bran, I think because of how terrible most things are today, it just by default at the end of 99, the world ended in my book. Yeah. All things, music, movie. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this, you know, we're doing rock tonight, so we'll kind of lay off the pop, pop songs, but I was recently, we had a Valentine's dance at my school and the kids were jamming out to Backstreet Boys. I mean, that was the hit of the night. You know, the DJ was playing all this current stuff that I had no idea what in the world it was. But when he threw on a Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. All, you know, three, four hundred kids just start singing in unison. And this is going all the way back to the late 90s. I mean, so when you got a Backstreet. Yeah, exactly. So when you got the Backstreet Boys being sung word for word by kids who, you know, were. 12 and 13 years old when the song's 25 years old that kind of kind of shows you i guess where the 90s music is i think every every decades people that grew up in that decade tend to overrate their music a little bit but you know music is an emotional yeah it's an emotional feel that you it, it takes you back to a certain time and i think that's why you always think it's the best era whichever era you grew up in well, can I right. say something? Yeah. And I don't know if you, if you guys probably know this, but <clears throat> you know, Nirvana, you know, a lot of people think of them when they think 90s grunge. Now, they're not on my list, but I can't say that they didn't define 
a sound, you know, for this, for this era, for this decade. And actually April 5th is the anniversary of Kurt Cobain's death. Believe it or not, you know, he was only 27 years old, I believe, uh, when he passed away. And you think about what he's known for today and his music that's still played on local alternative stations. I mean, that's just crazy, you know, to think about. Yeah. I didn't realize that. He's still an icon, right? I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I I kid you not, every day at school, I, I probably see 10 different Nirvana shirts. You know, kids still, whether or not they actually know any songs other than Smells Like Teen Spirit, that's one thing. Yeah. But they're constantly <laughs> wearing their Nirvana shirts, the Grateful Dead shirts still. Obviously, Grateful Dead not being a 90s band, but uh, that's the T-shirts that you see quite often. Tupac as well. Tupac, Biggie. These kids still wearing the 90s They stuff. were all like 24, 25 in that era, too, before they yep. left. So it's crazy what those guys did at such a young age and how their legacy still lives on. And, you know, people today, I mean, we talk Michael Jordan too, right? And his prime was in the nineties, but he's the best player to ever play. So Brant, back to your question, was everything just peaking in the nineties? I mean, there are people today trying to say LeBron, but we can't because Michael, you know, people are trying to say, I mean, you think about TV shows, why are we recreating Saved by the Bell and the Fresh Prince? Everything came you know, from That's the right. 90s. And I think people love that. So shout out the 90s. Yeah. One thing that I, I come at this from, and, and you guys are, and anybody that's listened to us knows that I'm like the least like music person on the thread. If it's not 90s, country, but I, I associate many of these songs with the TV shows of that time period or the TV shows that are set. Like, so many of them are in or featured in those shows or movies from that time period. And that's, that's where the nostalgia comes for me as much as the song itself, I think. So Colin, what you're saying is I'll be there for you is on your list. I don't know about that, but <laughs> the Rembrandts. Come on. Hey, and something else to think about the reason why maybe the nineties are so beloved and, and sensationalized is this is when MTV was really getting rocking and rolling, man. MTV, yeah. the music videos, right? I mean, they, we didn't have streaming music. You had MTV and you just had that association. Like most of these songs that I have tonight, if not all of them, matter of fact, all of them had a video to go with it that I, even though I haven't seen the video in years, I instantly go back and I can just, you know, see it know exactly kind of the room I was sitting in, everything. You, you just had that extra association with the song as well. Yeah. Kevin, are you confessing like, that you watched Beavis it, and Butthead? Oh, man, all the time. Loved it. Oh, that was or, such a great show back in the day with the, with the videos. With the, the videos, episode. and they were always like the most hardcore, Ooh, like Alice in Chains, yeah. Rooster or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe what we're seeing is a big decline because back in the day, yeah, yeah. you had to – you had to be good to be noticed in the nineties kind of before the internet. So like, like all the Seattle based bands, they were just great and they were growing in popularity naturally where now it's like, if you have a TikTok following, you can be trash, but still get a million views on a, on a bad song. Yep. I just feel like yeah, the, the incentive structure has changed. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, guys, we've talked about concerts. I think we've been to Kevin. What was that epic nineties concert? Was it like Bush? No doubt. There was like a, a crazy yeah. trifecta. Yeah. Of that you went to, yeah. Yeah. Bush, that you went to Kevin and Bush, no doubt. And Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, that's fantastic. Talk about a, 
That's wild, man. I mean, that was that was the very first concert I ever went to. Yeah, loved it. That's like the Beatles and the Stones opening for Elton John. What's going on? I mean, this is right on the coattails of of Sixteen Stone by Bush. All right, if you look into that album, one of like, my favorite, albums. like front to back. That's that Every album song. is loaded, and yeah, I didn't appreciate it quite like I do now looking back on it now you just don't see in i i bet the concert ticket was 25 dollars for all three of those bands and you know the whole arena general admission you could go to the floor you could go to the seats whatever i think i told this story one time i kind of made my way near the front when no doubt was playing their set me and gwen stefani locked eyes we shared a moment oh my and oh yeah yeah Uh, that's right yeah so did her and gavin rosdale as well hey everything's gwen (laughs) Yeah. Is that what he did? The cover? <laughs> it's pretty good. I see what you did there. That's right. I was right. 16 still now, man. What a great album that was. Dude, I'm telling you, man. Love that stuff. Dude, hey, was look. Razorblade Suitcase also a 90s album? Oh, yeah. Was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Swallowed. That was the big song on there. Oh, gosh. What a great song that yep. is. Right, Colin? Oh, yeah. All right, oh, Colin. Yeah. Hey, make sure that you don't have a little Diamond Rio or. Tim McGraw or Kenny on your list tonight, buddy. Okay. If you tried to sneak in there, if you tried to Kenny sneak in, but Colin's number Colin. one 90s rock, Kenny Rogers, the gambler. Still counts. Still counts. Well, I just want to hear a little hey now. You're an all star. Get your game on. Get oh, I can see college. That's right. Smash. <laughs> no, I actually told him. I texted him. I texted him and told him, I was like, here's some good 90s bands Smash Mouth, Sugar Ray. <laughs> don't be surprised if they make it but hold on did you mighty mighty Boston's? please the impression that i the get that might I have get. made a top 20 i love that song so kevin here's what i want to say to you because this is the most unfair top five we've done in my opinion and i couldn't if you if you gave me a top 10 i'd leave somebody out a top 15 a top 20 oh, yeah. we could probably do a top 50 and i'd still yeah. feel like i leave somebody out so this is the goat show for me surprisingly my number one was solid from the jump there was no question about same it. same likewise there was no question yeah i like i that. agree everything I agree. else was like flip a coin after this but my number one solid hey well let's get right into it man we've got christian leading us off tonight we're gonna let colin go second brant third i'll finish this out in the four hole 90s rock top five let's do it All right, let's go. Number five. All right, guys. So we're doing our top five 90s rock songs. And for me, you know, the criteria is, you know, is this still a song that's on a playlist of mine today? I can put it on. I can karaoke it. It's still one of those stand the test of time songs. 30 years later and my number five song actually comes from a band who is still relevant today still putting out hits in the alternative mainstream but i would say that their 1994 album which is a color i'll tell you what that is in a second is their best album to date and i will tell you watching mtv growing up this is one of those first like music videos alternative videos that i saw that song was not the song i'm going to pick the song i'm going to pick is say it ain't so by Weezer off of the Blue Album, 1994. 
the first song I actually heard from them was Buddy Holly. Yeah. Do y'all remember Buddy Holly? So Buddy Holly is what they played on like B93.7 and MTV. Ooh-wee. But when you dug into this album, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But say it ain't so. I actually karaoke this at Sharky's Pub for a buddy's bachelor party about six or seven years ago. It's still a song that to me, say it ain't so, the sweater song undone. Buddy Holly, this whole album, start to finish, man, I could do a whole show on it. Uh, but Weezer, man, that sound, uh, that surf rock, whatever you want to call it, man, still yeah. stands the test of time. So, so we'll good. say it ain't so. Number five. I mean, right off my chopping block, man. It was hard to leave it off, too. That's a great so song. good. I like it, too. And I like how you call that surfer rock. That's a good way to describe Weezer sound. Man, just that... <laughs> That whole guitar chord, just, I mean, it's simple, but bah, 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 oh, yeah. right? I mean, that's, that's <laughs> oh, yeah. classic 90s. So, Trish and I appreciate the, uh, the input that you gave, although I did not use any of those songs. And what's, well, what's weird about my list is it's very similar to when I ranked Pearl Jam songs several years ago for a couple members of this podcast i gravitated to the slower stuff more so than anything and uh, as i mentioned you know in some of the pre-conversation a lot of movies and shows associated with a lot of these songs for me anyways number five brant you you pointed out number one you were locked in from the beginning i very much was number five i would not have anticipated this song making it onto this list tonight or this this band but they were man they were kind of like the Tar Heels in the tournament they just kept sticking around just kept sticking around kept advancing so number five I'm going with the Dave Matthews band crash into me Uh, the 1996 release off the crash album not really a huge dave matthews band guy we've been to several shows i think christian you know it it, in charlotte but crash into me peaked at number seven on the billboard modern rock in march of 97 how about that a great album as well the first two dave albums to me under the table and dreaming and then that crash album absolutely love it love that song i'm actually when i was doing this list i felt bad because i don't have any dave songs I'll just go ahead and say that as much as i love dave like i didn't put him in that same category even though it was strictly 90s i love that what movie would you say that was from because i know i've heard that in a few movies was there a movie that you tied to that colin or not necessarily? i did not on that one specifically but yeah i'm, I'm sure it's somewhere yeah what was the release on that colin 1996 1996 i knew it was the last half i believe it was in november when that album came out you know something i I have a little bit of a i guess it's a hot take on dave matthews not that i hate dave matthews i never got the affection towards dave matthews that so many people have and i don't know why like i've done i i even went through a period of saying i love dave matthews to try to love dave matthews but i just never did 
love them the way that so many people do. There was a lady coming through the car line the other day and we, we talk music all the time. And I was excited about Pearl Gems tour announcement. I was like, yeah, I'm going to a couple shows, this and that. She's like, Oh, it's so fun. That's going to be great. I wish I could go. And I said, Oh, is that your, you know, is that your favorite band? And she said, no, Dave Matthews. And, um, man, so many people love Dave Matthews, but yeah, good pick. Kevin, I mean, can it's I, worthy I do a Dave Matthews impression? Go ahead. You got it or you want me right. to? No, I'm going to do one. I am so glad to be here. <laughs> hey, my, my, mine would go like this. This is my Dave Matthews. All right, this is going back to last week. We'll crash into me. <laughs> oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You said they're all all macho, man. That's about it, Kevin. That's your default setting. Christian, that had a little Billy Madison to it. Um, Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Oh, really, fool? Really? (laughs) Stop looking at me, Schwan. (laughs) (laughs) Shampoo is better. All right. Oh, macho, man. Shut up. (laughs) All right. Good picks, fellas. Good picks. Coming in number five for me i think we may maybe the four of us in this group have felt like this i think all teenage boys feel like this a little bit from time to time feel like a creep feel like a weirdo i feel like you don't belong so coming in number five for me is creep by radiohead but i'm a creep Did not leave yes. it on my list. Um, just a unique song, just a great song. So, Creep by Radiohead, number five. That is a great song. I, I love the Radiohead pick. I would say Creep and High and Dry are two songs oh, yes. that would probably make my top 20, both yeah. of them. Um, and I flirted with Creep as well, man. Such a good song, man. Dude, I, I mean, just the range he shows with the run. You know, at the end, I mean, just, I mean, who can hit that note? I don't know many Only people that can. Tom York. Yeah. Yeah. T H O M. Hey, I love the song. I think that's a good call. I don't even know if it's off the grid, though, because I don't think any 90s songs really are off the grid because it's so deep, right? Yeah. Yeah, I but agree. just a, a, an incredible song, man. It, it just sounds like the, that depressed 90s sound. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like it would be on it. Fight Club or something. Yeah. It sounds right. like it would right. be I mean, on my so-called life, right? Claire Danes. Probably was. Yeah. Yeah, I guarantee you. You know, here's what I will say, though, about that. Radiohead is such a different band. Like, I'm, they're still making music, or at least Tom is making solo music. But I actually started listening to Radiohead more in the, like, mid to late 2000s. I had known a couple songs, but I was like, the style was so different and unique that those nineties tracks, those were hits, man. Like they went from making hits to making very obscure type of music, man. So talk about range, man. Just a great song. Yeah, man. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right. Good call. Good call. I love it. All right. So number five for me, first criteria. All right. Just imagine me wearing a britches flannel shirt with 
either a nine inch nails t-shirt underneath it or a bush t-shirt underneath it or Pearl Jam or Nirvana or any of these nineties bands that I could get a t-shirt on or my hands on a t-shirt. That's, that's what I'm looking like. That's what I'm listening to. And I just loved it. There was a time period in my life where any dollar that I received from birthday or Christmas or anything, I spent it on albums and, and CDs and go to these bootleg stores and overspend on live concerts, right? Just because they were so rare back in the day, whether it be a, a nine inch nail VHS that I spent 80 bucks on at Can-Am Gifts or Myrtle Beach or, you know, a $50 Pearl Jam double live bootleg from Australia or something. I mean, I was just into the 90s music scene and all the rock scene. And whenever I listen to 90s music, which is often, I don't feel like I ever skip anything. Like every song that comes on, I like it. I sing along to it. And um, it's just got a special place, you know, in in my life. So coming up with five was a little easier than I thought it was going to be. You guys know me. I tend to gravitate more towards the harder side of things. But this list, I wouldn't say is is super, super hard. Anyways, here we go. Without further ado, number five off the 1995 album, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. We've got Bullet with Butterfly Wings the by the Smashing Pumpkin. That was their second biggest hit off that yeah. album, 1979 being the first one. Great song as well. But Bullet with Butterfly Wings, I mean, that's the banger rock song on there. Charted at number 20 in the UK, number 22 in the United States. Let me tell you something kind of cool about this. You know, I always like bringing a, a, a hey, neat the world is up. a vampire. Right. Hey, and speaking of that line, Billy Corgan was asked, you know, what what in the world does that even mean? And so the whole meaning of the song is, hey, I'm a celebrity now and all people want to do is leech on to me and just like take. And so that's why he kind of throws that line. But he had been working on this song for like three years. OK, he's in England. They are about to record a cover of Fleetwood Mac's Landslide. Well, Amazing a, cover, by the way. There's a delay in the recording. Right. So he's getting angry. And he scribbles the line down, despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage because he's angry at this delay of recording this song. And so he writes this down. He start, he throws a quarter or two to it, and boom, there you go. You've got the completion of Bullet with Butterfly Wings. But love the song. Still, just every time it comes on, it gets you fired up. Number five, Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Big. Love the song. I mean, I remember album how much of a back. big deal it was with that double disc album. Oh, man, it was my god. Yeah, love it. Love the pick. Yeah, it's coming back. No doubt. Oh yeah. Number four. All right, guys. Well, coming in at number four, this is another one of those bands that, to me, is still one of my favorite bands. This album, I'm not really good at math, but I believe it came out. I think it's coming up on about 25 years ago. This is a self-titled album that came out April 8th, 1997. 
and the lead singer Stephen Jenkins. I actually saw this band live probably a little bit less than 10 years ago now. Um, and they're still making hits as of last year. Uh, the band is third eye blind. It's from their self-titled album, third eye blind. And the song is semi-charmed life. bet you even this guy would be able to sing it and i will tell you if that feels 90s to you it did then but i still play that song and and i just get in a good mood man there's something about that song and and i can karaoke that song and i can sing that song in my car and that album of course it had jumper it had how's it gonna be and and my personal favorites the background motorcycle drive-by but semi-charmed life still has a spot in my heart that it did back in the nineties when I was a 10, 11 year old boy. So give me semi-charmed life third eye blind at number four. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're, if you're like bearing a, a vault of nineties stuff, that <laughs> song has to be in it. Right. Like yeah. for somebody to find a thousand years from now, oh, like that absolutely, is man. that almost, you could almost say that that particular song defined that era. Like I think it that's have. how powerful it was. That's a great pick. Thank you, thank you. Solid stuff, Christian. Appreciate uh, it. Number four for me. I'm going with the Goo Goo Dolls, Iris. And I don't want the world to see me Cause I don't think that they'd understand When everything's made to be broken I just want you to know Nineteen ninety-eight City of Angels soundtrack uh, spent nearly a year uh, on the Billboard charts. How about that? Give us a little bit, Colin. Give us a little bit. Give us a little Can't bit more. It. Was Nicolas Cage in that movie? Can't do it. And I don't want the world to see me. Is that hey, the let's, one? Let's talk about their bassist for a second. Is that not a weird cat? You know what I'm talking about. Colin does. It's his favorite band. Listen, <laughs> hey, if you. If you don't know what he looks like, just look him up here. I mean, he's always – I don't think I've ever seen the, the guy's face because he's always – the whole time I've ever – every time I've seen the Goo Goo Dolls, always just wearing his hair and his face like Cousin It or something like that. Have y'all not oh, ever that noticed guy, that? Yeah, he's got like a real goofy face. and I don't know. To wear glasses, always got but, hair. I don't know, does he? Oh, it? yeah, dude. <laughs> he's a goofball. I know exactly who you're talking about. I'm man, he's strange. He's strange, man. Hey, Johnny Resnick, like great, great voice, though. Nice pick, Colleen. Love the Goo Goo Dolls, man. A great band of the 90s, for sure. All right, like it, Colin. Like it. All right, coming to number four for me, um, it's the Stone Temple Pilots' Interstate Love Song.
mean, they had several songs on here that you could pick, but I went with this song. I just love the intro to this song. Um, just a feel good song, great music, great voice. So I couldn't leave STP off. So can four, I tell you love song. amazing song when I was a kid growing up, I had the cassette tape of this before I started getting CDs. I mean, that's how classic it yeah. is. And man, that sound, I mean, like when I feel I yes, mean, like man. so much yes. of that sound, Scott Wayland, I believe his name is just an amazing, right. amazing vocalist. Yeah. Scott Wyland's an incredible man. Hey, T's and P's rest in peace. Hey, tomato, he, tomato. That's right. <laughs> but <clears throat> didn't he, wasn't he a lead guy on velvet revolver revolver? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I thought so. Yeah. Interstate love song. One of my all-time favorites, Brant. That that probably that would have easily been in my top ten. Probably would have ultimately landed at you know maybe seven or so. How do you but, focus on the road while you're driving? What a song, though, man! <laughs> I remember the video. Love the video. Yeah. I mean, STB, ST, excuse me, STP, just classic. STDs. Um, that's right. <laughs> hey, Va- going plush though, Vaseline. Lots of oh, good man. stuff coming from yeah, Vaseline back in the day too. Creep. I mean, they they got great songs. Time to take her home. Yeah, when you like creep, there are two amazing songs called Creep from the yeah, best. Two amazing, yes. Like right in the two or three Absolutely. span of each other. It's good, man. All right, here we go. Coming in at number four, we've already talked about Bush. We're going to talk about him just a brief second again. Coming off the 1994 16 Stone album, there were three songs that I considered here. I considered Glycerin, I considered Machine Head, and I ultimately picked Everything's In. That really got Bush kick-started. It wasn't originally released as a single. Eventually, it was released as a single, but it charted in at number 84 in the UK, got up to number 40 in the United States. But, you know, Bush got their break for in, in two ways. First of all, um, it landed on the buzz bin of MTV. Again, just another cool show tailored to alt-rock and indie rock and just indie music in general back in the day on MTV that called the buzz band. They also had a show called 120 minutes hosted by Matt Penfield that had, that just gave a little bit of recognition to all these bands that weren't quite known on the mainstream yet. But anyways, it landed in the buzz band on MTV, got some airplay there. And then one of the most influential rock stations in all the world, uh, K rock out in LA, it was called the catch of the day. So catch of the day, everything's in lands on it got a lot of requests after that and and you know the rest is history as they say but love me some everything's in right lots of good lines in that there's no sex in your violence i don't believe that elvis is dead they pull from so many i didn't realize this until i did a little research but they pull throughout that song pull from so many other songs right they they pull from allison chain's music um, the Wage, Jane's Addiction, David Bowie. They use a lot of lines in other other artists' songs uh, throughout it. That's probably why the song really doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense. But but just a, a banging rock song. I love it. Number four, everything's in. Boom. 
Love it. Love Bush. Love that you mentioned the MTV's like buzz cuts or whatever. I had an album back in the day that was called MTV's buzz cuts or buzz bin and it had everything Zen on it. So while I knew more of the radio hits, like, you know, glycerine and come down and all that, like everything Zen was a little bit harder and that's what I loved about it. And I will say the funny thing about your rock list is it's very similar to Colin's president list. It's full of Bush. Can we say that? Hey, I, <laughs> oh boy. Number three. All right, guys, coming in at number three for me. I'm not going to talk much about it because Kevin's already mentioned the album. Uh, you can't think 90s without Smashing Pumpkins, right? But let me just tell you that the 90s was the only era of music that I was scared of the music videos. I mean, I remember watching MTV late at night. And I had nightmares about some of these Smashing Pumpkin videos, man. Like Billy Corgan, a creepy dude. Shout out to my buddy, Will Martin, who actually does some work with Billy's wrestling group, the uh, NWA. Maybe you guys have heard of it out there. So Billy Corgan's actually the owner and promoter of NWA, the wrestling alliance there. So big shout out to that. But the song is 1979. knows the way it starts do, 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 do. yeah i mean there's i mean that whole album i was it just asked me if i was playing music right now on zoom no i'm not i'm actually just singing um but the funny thing is man tonight tonight bullet with butterfly wings zero so many good tracks on that double album but it's got to be 1979 for me really defined my 90s so number three 1979 smash pumpkin all right so coming in at number three for me truthfully you know i did not think that this would make the list kind of early on the longer it went the more it worked its way to the top and i felt like that if i wanted to be invited back for season two that i needed to have some pearl jam representation on here so coming in at number three yellow lead better This is a song for me that I've enjoyed it, but where it really hit was the first time I had watched Friends all the way through. And if you're familiar with the the airport scene, Ross is chasing Rachel, goes to the wrong airport. This fires up uh, when he kind of realizes that. And Kevin, you you may know the answer to this. I, I mean, I I'm saying it as fact. I can't say for sure that it is. But my understanding is that this was the first time Pearl Jam had licensed a song to be used in a television show. I I didn't know that. I'm learning. Yeah, could couldn't necessarily That's, trust the source, but 
That's pretty cool That's though. Wild. Had no idea. But dude, love the yellow lead better pick. I would say that I don't know, maybe five years into my or five years out of my whole Pearl Jam fandom, I don't know, maybe more than that, Yellow Lead Better was without question my favorite song. It's not necessarily my favorite Pearl Jam song now. I do love it, but at one time it was my favorite. So I'm fired up you chose it. Arguably the greatest intro in all of music. Oh, yeah. Can you give us the intro call? What? Uh, I can't. That's a bold, could, but bold <laughs> statement. I think it is. I think you put it. I right agree. Like, you know, it's co- what's coming, right? Like when you start hearing that, like it almost sounds like smooth jazz or something. I don't know what it is, man. I just, I picture myself in a, in a dirty old dive bar, just getting ready to enjoy the night. The funny that thing about, so the funny thing about so many nineties rock songs are just music in general. And especially yellow lead batter is you don't know what the heck they're saying. Right. And you just, you just sing whatever it sounds like to you. And you get so excited when you figure out what it is that they do say. But something with Pearl Jam is they actually change the lyrics on this song quite often, you know, on live songs or excuse me, when they play it live, you know, especially like if it's an outdoor show and they see the crowd, they tend to to change the lyrics to whatever the, the crowd happens to be doing or whatever Ed sees from upstage. But uh, yeah, otherwise... Uh, who knows what the lyrics of Yellow Lead Better <laughs> actually are, man? You know, shout out, great song, and shout out to my third grade teacher in the 90s, Mrs. Ledbetter, who the song was obviously made after. That's right. Did she have jaundice? Is that why she's called Yellow Ledbetter? <laughs> What's I'm assuming so. Rest in peace. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey. All right. Good Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, coming in at number three for me, this album has been mentioned many times, 16 Stone, one of the greatest albums of all time. It's certainly in my top five albums all time. You know, the funny thing to me is that when Kevin was talking about this, you know, he mentioned obviously Glycerine and Machine Head and everything's in. Didn't even mention the song that I'm going to pick. And that's why, I mean, the album is just deep. I, this is not the pig, but Kevin Christian, do you guys remember uh, track eleven, Alien, on Sixteen Stone, the slow? Oh yeah, what a great! Absolutely. That's not my pig, but what a great, oh. what a great song! Oh yeah, just great. Number three for me from that same album is Come Down. I mean. put five songs in a bag and pulled out one and you, you I'd be happy with it but I you know I just landed on come down just a great song uh so coming in at number three come down from the 16 song album bush amazing song amazing album I think I mentioned before like that was my wife's like album right there of the 90s and you know she went and saw them live too and Kevin just another shout out to the 90s band we've talked about before Veruca Salt opened for Bush when she saw him down in Fort Lauderdale how about that absolutely dude what a baseline on come down I mean yeah Mm. the album's so deep I didn't even mention it when I was talking about it earlier yeah come down come on yes all right so 
Here we go. We've got for number three for me, Under the Bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. First, I would say like ballad or slow songs from the, from the Chili Peppers came out in 1991 on the Blood Sugar Sex Magic album from the Chili Peppers. A lot of people don't realize this. That was their fifth album. I mean, the Chili Peppers really got going back in the 80s, had that funk sound, had that like funky rap sound. Um, I guess you can bam, bam, call bam, it that. Bam, 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 bam. Yes, something like that. But so as the band was progressing, this song came about the band itself was was becoming tight minus Anthony Kiedis, right? Like the the other band members. Anyways, they were all becoming pretty tight, good friends. But Anthony Kiedis was kind of getting left out a little bit because he was hooked on heroin and and they were just pretty much. You know, they looked at him as as a front man for their band, but that was it. Right. He didn't he didn't necessarily necessarily mesh with them outside of music and he was driving home one night and he starts starts just like writing a poem in his head if you will you know sometimes i feel like i don't have a partner sometimes i feel like my only friend and anyways he goes on obviously to talk about under the bridge which is this bridge in los angeles where he would often go and buy his drugs um, when he was hooked on heroin and man, just what an absolute anthem in my opinion. I mean, when it comes on, I feel like most people can sing right along to it. It really jump started their career. I mean, they headlined 1992 Lollapalooza tour, um, as a result of this song. So number three under the bridge by the chili peppers. Love it, man. Love the Chili Peppers. Can I just say that they just released an album last Friday and yep. it still has some bangers on it. I mean, yeah, these listen, guys are still yes. with Anthony yes. Kiedis, man. Like, I'm very tempted in going to see them, I think, in August or September in Bank of America Stadium, man, just because yeah. I've never these seen them. And they four decades of music. Hey, is, holler if you want to go. I'll, I'll attend with you. All right. Great pick. Love it. Number two. All right, guys. So we're getting into our top two picks here, and it's going to get pretty tight. Here's what I'm going to say. This might actually shock you what I'm about to say. So this album was released in 1997, which is actually when, rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins was playing drums for Alanis Morissette. I don't know if you all remember. I think somebody mentioned he was playing drums for the Jagged Little Pill live album. He actually was not the drummer for Foo Fighters on my number two song. And I just learned that recently with his passing, doing some research. So my number two song is Foo Fighters Everlong. Honestly, this this album to me, the color and the shape from '97, songs like "My Hero," um, "Monkey Wrench," um, man, amazing songs. 
but ever long to me. I think I played this back. I did the acoustic version when we did love songs because my wife and I had this at our wedding. Love this song forever will be one of the top songs in my life. I don't think anything's going to surpass that. Uh, but yeah, crazy story. Um, actually, Taylor Hawkins did play drums on three tracks, Requiem, Drive Me Wild, and Baker Street, which are 10th anniversary edition bonus tracks only. So it was actually Dave Grohl doing vocals, guitar, and drums. Everybody knows Grohl was the drummer from Nirvana. Um, <clears throat> so Grohl was the one doing drums, not Hawkins. Didn't realize that. Hawkins picked up in 2001 and 20 years worth of drumming for Foo Fighters for Taylor again. So give me Everlong coming in at number two. Great song. Good stuff, Christian. Coming in at number two for me, uh, this album has already been mentioned. Uh, not this song, but this album. I'm going with the 1997 self-titled album from Third Eye Blonde. How's it going to be? When you don't know me How's it going to be When you so Number 11 on the U.S. Hot 100 charts, but man, just what a nostalgic song. Love it. Great song. I didn't know if they would be back tonight, but, you know, I actually just listened to that album in its entirety on a jog this past weekend. I mean, and what a good song, you know, Semi-Charmed Life was fast. How's it going to be? Was was you mentioned it, Colin? You prefer a little bit slower mm-hmm. type songs, but, but that is just man, that cuts you like a knife. As many of the songs did back in the nineties, man, what a great song! Yep, it peaked at number eleven, but it peaked at number two on your list. That's right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Well, you know, I know our fans like the music um, episodes, as do I. They're my favorite episodes. So I am going to do a little bit of a pivot here for the fans. Pivot. Um, pivot. So, you know, I, I had Yellow Lead better, uh, but really you could have slated in any number of about 15 different Pearl Jam songs here. So for the listener, I'm going to go with Corduroy here at number two overall. probably land easily in my top 10 Pearl Jam songs. So because Yellow Leadbetter is uh, taken, you know, that's where I was, but I'm going Corduroy here at number two overall. Insert any Pearl Jam song. (laughs) No worries. Listen, obviously I love Corduroy. I mean, just that whole Vitology album has got some, some kick rear end 
rock songs, right? Corduroy being yeah. the one. Did tell me this, Brent. Did you get your did your love for corduroy start when when it's played live? Yes. Oh yes. man, yes. Right. I mean, you come out with those opening chords and the wedding drove me mad. And do you like it played fast all the way through like the album or do you kind of like what they're doing with it live now once it kind of gets to the I don't know, the I guess it's the bridge part where they slow it down. You know, what yeah, I'm talking I like about? that. Okay. Yeah, I like that. All right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I enjoy the studio album version, but man, seeing it live, I would pick that over any other scenario all yep. the time yeah well obviously i'm gonna get excited about some corduroy and just pearl jam in general so solid because solid you love pick. the pants and the bands so. <laughs> that's right that's right uh i do have a couple corduroy pants as a matter of fact I know all right you did hey so coming in at number two is also going to be a pearl jam pick for me and i really struggled with this right i mean <clears throat> i hope in the future we do do a pearl jam episode where we rank our top five Pearl Jam songs, which will be very, very difficult for me. But I I settled on a live here. Across the young man's room She said I'm ready for you Why? I can't remember anything to this very day Except the love It's off the 10 album, 1991. Um, it was the first song that Eddie Vedder actually demoed for Pearl Jam. The original members of Pearl Jam were on a band called Mother Love Bone, and their lead singer had just passed away. And so Stone Gossard kind of wrote the music to Alive, and Jack Irons actually recommended Eddie Vedder. He said, hey, you need, to, you need to send this track on down to Eddie Vedder. He lives down in San Diego. Let him put some vocals to it. So Vedder gets it, writes the words, writes the lyrics in 12 hours, sends it back up. They love it, right? Originally, the instrumental of this song was called Dollar Short, but after Ed wrote the lyrics to it, they call it Alive. So here's something neat about this, this song, though. So it's about Eddie basically finding out that his dad is his stepdad and his real dad is his is dead. And so he originally said that being alive was like the curse of having to go through and deal with all that. Right. I mean, if you listen to Eddie Vedder give interviews, right, he's like ultra deep and can get confusing, really. But if you see this song played live, which is amazing, by the way, I mean, it's usually in the last encore right? The crowd gets into it and screams it joyfully, basically, you know, I'm alive, I'm alive. And so once he saw that the crowd looked at this as a positive thing, he said that there was no longer, the song was no longer about the curse of being alive, right? It's a, it's a good thing. It's a positive that we're alive, but love the song, love the band, Alive, Pearl Jam, number two. Great. Oh, and, and Christian, I, I meant to talk a little bit about this. I didn't, I didn't want, 
the Foo Fighters, you know, we didn't have a lot of conversation about the Foo Fighters, but I was on mute and I just couldn't get it off quick enough. But yeah. um, listen, Everlong, great song. That whole album's fantastic. And, you know, my actually my favorite album of the Foo Fighters, though, happens to be the the original self-titled Foo Fighters. And I was in middle school, man, and I'll never forget, like, hearing this as a call for the first time and then it followed right behind with I'll Stick Around. I was hooked with the Foo Fighters uh, from that point. And every single album that they that they come out with, I feel like is just unbelievable, right? I mean, just song after song after oh, song yeah. is just so solid. I mean, I'm sad they canceled their tour, obviously, because of Taylor's death, but they were coming to Charlotte in May and I was very, very close to pulling the trigger because they're a bucket list band. I don't know when they'll come back again, but absolutely, man. Great stuff. Love it. Love the Pearl Jam pick, too. Number one. All right, guys. Well, you said we couldn't do it. You said we couldn't rank our top five 90 songs. It was the impossible dream. But we we did it, fellas. We're here. We're at number one. And so I'm going to kind of piggyback off Kevin's most recent pick. Um, he was talking about Pearl Jam. And I love Pearl Jam. I'm not as diehard as these guys but I love Eddie Vedder. I also love a buddy of him, Mr. Chris Cornell, T's and P's. Everybody knows him from Soundgarden, songs like Spoon Man and Black Hole Sun. Those tracks, they define the 90s for me as well, but none so more than my number one song that actually came out in 1991, in April of all the months. What a great month to be doing this when all these great albums were released over the span of the 90s this album came out april 16th 1991 so i'm going to tell you fellas i was still four years old so i did not i wasn't jamming out to this song then and colin brant kevin you guys know i'm the master of discovering songs movies things sometimes later in life like these guys know i just watched uh i watched rocky balboa last night you know in 2022 uh, <laughs> just kidding it was a few years back, but this song for me, fellas, you all probably guessed it. It is Hunger Strike, the band Temple of the Dog. Soundgarden, Vetter Cornell collabo. I, this song to me, and this is how emotionally tied I am to this song. I used to DJ about six years ago, five years ago at a local place in Powdersville called Rivals that doesn't exist anymore. And it's probably a Little Caesars or a Coyote Coffee. But honestly, at the end of every night around 1230, 1 a.m., I would put on Hunger Strike by Temple of the Dog. That was my semi-sonic closing time. They knew it was time to sweep up the broken glass and tell old Ernest he needed to go on back down to Piedmont. 
because the place was shutting down when Temple of the Dog Hunger Strike came on. And man, I tell you what, I got to hear this live. I'm going to need it from Eddie Vedder. Kevin, if you can put in a word in Nashville here in September, I got to hear a little bit of Temple of the Dog Hunger Strike. And I, and I say that because I wasn't jamming out to this in 91. I actually heard this song for the first time. I'm saying for the first time, I probably heard it back in the 90s, but didn't really put it together until probably about, I don't know, seven years ago or so when an alternative station came to Greenville X 98.5, they started playing it. And I was like, how do I know this song? Like, why is this song so amazing? And so I sort of channeled my inner 90s kid. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It's Pearl Drown and it's Chris Cornell. My God, the carnage It's hunger strike. <laughs> I mean, so fellas, I'm going to leave it at that. I've talked too much. Temple Man. of the dog hunger strike. No hey, I will say one of, one of my favorite, I, I think that's a fantastic pick. One of my favorite clips from the Pearl Jam 20 film is when Stone Gossard is, is listening to this song and basically saying like, Hey, you know, our guy's pretty good too, talking about Eddie. I and mean, that's one of my favorite parts. I mean, that no, what a man. song, what a collaboration cool. that was. Crazy, right? They only had one album, you know? I mean, and it was 91. Yes. All right. So number one for me, somebody predicted this group uh, would make my list in the pre-show. This is actually, this song has actually been described by Darius Rucker as the first country song he ever wrote. But I'm counting it on the list tonight. Let her cry. cracked a rear view just a great great song i love it i love the hootie version i love the more slower acoustic darius version uh anytime a song's on man i'm I just love it uh let her cry number one yeah i love the song i didn't realize there was a slower version than what it already is i would say that's yep. a slow song how about that is that the uh, Gamecocks theme song when he plays every time they lose a game? <laughs> hey, except for women's basketball. There you go. Being Shout honest. out Dawn and the gals. Oh, oh boy. Hey, hey, listen, man. Nice pick on that. Let her cry by Hootie. Yeah. And Christian, just going back to you, according to PJ Stat Tracker, the app here, which has all their, their songs that they've played live and where and all that. So Hunger Strike is considered yes. a cover. It's been played live 30 times. So – there's a chance, all right. There's a chance that you get some hunger times? strikes. That's, that's not a lot. No, it's not. How does how does that compare? Have you to heard future it days? How does that compare Probably to future more. days? I will tell you. Let me see here. Just give me one they second. They played. They played that more than future days. I would think. All right, future days has been played sixteen times. Yeah. Yeah. How does that compare to Jeremy? <laughs> I'm gonna stop. <laughs> a million. <laughs> <laughs> oh man hey, i like it all right good pick colin crack reviews great album oh, amazing um all right coming in number one i can't pivot here um i told you guys at the at the beginning of the episode that my number one was solid i would argue that this is the greatest rock song ever written ever 
I mean, this is this is my favorite song of all time. It is the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, it is off uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. It is 1979. There's never been a song like it. And I'm overstating the obvious here, but what a great song. It was number one all the way. It was always number one. I love it. Like, do you remember the music video riding in that oh car gosh, going to yes. like a, was it a laundromat or a yes. gas station yes. or something? And like on a tire swing, like I think back to the nineties when I hear that, that opening. Gosh, man. What so a great good. song. Hey, let me give you another little nugget here as we close close down. Christian, I know you want to see it. Colin, you want to see future days. But the last Pearl Jam show that we actually went to go see up in Boston, they did play a, a song that was extremely rare called Out of My Mind. All right. It's only been played four times in the history of Pearl Jam. They played it one when when we were in Boston, September 2nd, 2018, Fenway the first show so yeah christian hey listen i'll put in a word so uh, eddie and <laughs> i was gonna boys. say if i throw my underpants on stage is there a better oh, chance oh or? yeah for sure hey, right? kevin i'm curious i'm wasn't wasn't army reserve also a very rare song that we got in boston army reserve yeah it's only been played 31 times oh, yeah they 30. played okay yeah i mean that, i would say that's rare yeah yeah as many live shows all right, guys, number one for me, I feel like we would be doing a disservice to grunge music across the world if we did not have this in a top five somewhere. And it's coming in at number one simply because there's nowhere or no one other than my wife, probably, that doesn't know the opening chords or a little bit of Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. I mean, this was the first grunge hit. Um, grunge music during this time was not even a thing. Nirvana, just being Nirvana, right? I mean, they they released a 1989 album called Bleach, which I actually like the album Bleach. I owned Bleach. I thought it was great. I mean, it was weird and crazy as Nirvana was, but... Smells Like Teen Spirit off the Nevermind album, which, again, front to back, we've talked about everything's in tonight. Ten is one of those albums. Nineteen, or Excuse me, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness is one of these albums. I mean, all of these albums were so great, but Smells Like Teen Spirit, I don't even think it's it, – it's not one of my favorite Nirvana songs. There's there's so many more Nirvana songs, I feel like, that, that takes the cake, but – when you're thinking about 90s rock and standing the test of time and being beloved by so many generations, including the kids today, 
I had to slot it in at number one. It got as high as number six in the U.S., number seven in the U.K. The, the song actually came about because Kurt Cobain and his girlfriend at the time were doing some graffiti art in Seattle. And apparently this girl graffitied or wrote on Kurt or something that Kurt smells like teen spirit. Okay. Which was a deodorant brand at the time. And the, the sales of this deodorant brand actually, actually spiked when the song came out, but never mind. Apparently in Seattle, it was like, there was like an advanced copy and Eddie Vedder was talking about how he was even excited to get it. And, um, I don't know how true that is, but MTV actually refused to play the video at first until it became a huge radio hit. Like the cheerleaders were on. It was a big pep rally. I don't know if you remember it, but it's a I big, remember it. Yep. It's a big pep rally and it kind of culminates at the end with all these youth, um, all these high school kids practically having a mosh pit. And that's essentially it's it's just about apathetic youth and so many of the lines in there are associated you know, associated with that, but the cheerleader uniforms, they got like an anarchy sign on it. And anyways, MTV was like, we're not going to play that. But once it became a mega hit, I mean, they started playing it everywhere. Anyways, number one smells like teen spirit Nirvana. Love it. I mean, I think it had to be on there. I'm glad your list covered it. Cause I did feel like I was doing it a disservice because I don't love it, but I respect it. And I think it has to be on a list. And my question to you, Kevin, because you've molded a lot of today's youth. If this song came out today, is it smells like Axe body spray? Like what would it be called? Oh, possibly. Yeah. I think the Axe, especially during football season, right? Like after everybody comes in from practice, the locker room definitely smells like Axe body spray mixed with like some nacho cheese Doritos, some onion, you know, all that good stuff. Mm. Hey, let's, let's review these. Obviously this was a fun episode, but CG coming at number five, you had say it ain't so Weezer number four, semi-charm life by third eye blind number three, 1979 by the smashing pumpkins. Number two, Everlong, Foo fighters, number one, hunger strike temple of the dog. Colin, you had crash into me by Dave Matthews band number four, Goo Goo dolls, or excuse me, Iris by the Goo Goo dolls. Number three, yellow lead better Pearl Jam. Number two, how's it going to be? Third Eye Blind. And then number one, Let Her Cry by Hootie. And Brant, number five, you had Creep by Radiohead. Number four, Interstate Love Song by STP. Number three, Come Down by Bush. Number two, Corduroy by Pearl Jam. And number one, also 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins. I had at number five, Bullet with Butterfly Wings by the Smashing Pumpkins. Number four, Everything's in Bush. Number three, Under the Bridge by the Chili Peppers. Number two, Alive from Pearl Jam. And number one, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Fellas, 64 is in the books. We will have 65 coming up probably in a couple months. We're looking forward to getting back to it and really just honing the craft a little bit making it uh, a better product for our listening audience out there. Yeah. So look for us, continue to download us, continue to share us out. You can find us on social media and we will, we'll be back soon. Say good night, Kevin.
I love watching Colin's face when we start singing, just absolute <laughs> disgust, you know, just uh, make, even though he's in his own bed right now where he should be comfortable, he's totally uncomfortable when we start. Can singing. we set up a GoFundMe for this guy for some new sheets, fellas? <laughs> He starts I doing. Just the, to be comfortable. He starts doing like the awkward back of the head scratch. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like it's awkward for him, but we're not embarrassed at all. Damn it, Christian! Did I steal oh, one? He beat you. 1979, my number one, the best mm. song, the great, the perfect rock song, the perfect rock. It song. really is. That's I, I what uh, you one. get for stealing my favorite memory my a baby. while back. I mean, Colin, Colin, listen. I figured it would be on the list. Colin, can look before we get back started. Can you at least do one impression of Billy Corgan in the Smashing Pumpkins? No. Hey, just you, say this. Say we. <laughs> no. Do you even know who Billy Corgan is or what he sounds no. like? No. <laughs> hey, question: Does he look more like Todd Lawless or Kevin? <laughs> hey on that album on that album he had oh, hair the long hair that's right that was the last time bald ever yeah. since i like him bald right. so let me ask you speaking of that how much to pay you to lick the inner holes of a bowling ball right now from I mean, tri-city lanes i mean you want to talk about just <laughs> straight up off the grid out of nowhere i mean the inside yeah. of a tri-city lanes Bowling ball, bucks. yeah, I do it for a hundred right. bucks, easy. I probably really? go less than Colin? that. Yeah, Colin's you're talking about three holes. Yes, all three holes. I feel, I feel like there's not a lot playing. that you're going to be able to stick inside those holes. I mean, yeah, dude, the <laughs> nacho I'm, cheese. I'm, I'm, rimming I mean, the, I'm rimming the big thumb hole. There's no doubt. Right, I need right. four figures. Four, four figures. figures. Wow. You wouldn't. Yeah. I'm to take one out of Kevin's book. You wouldn't do it for nine hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> Hey, what if, what if, what if right before, what if right before you had to lick the holes, Colin, we flavored it with rice pilaf, right? We just Uh gave it the rice pilaf essence. Mm, He might do it for (laughs) for three. He's like, Ooh, I'd pay for that. I'd I'd pay to lick lick a ball for Kevin. What would Miss Elizabeth say? Miss Elizabeth wouldn't let me lick the holes. I, I'm not going with the scratchy. I'm sorry, I don't know where that came God. from. Yeah, yeah, it went out of it went out of nowhere. It went out of nowhere. That might I'm be sorry. on the Easter egg at the uh, end for the people that hang around. Right? Which I loved, by the way. Please. Yeah, we needed it. We need Please to make do. that a thing.